Is there a Rogue Ten in the in the, in the, the original? Like Rogue Squadron was yes, the speeder are. squad. Was yep. Uh, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, General Riken gives the order to send Rogue Ten and Eleven to Station Three Eight. <laughs> Station to pick up some power converters. That's not a moment. We're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Well, welcome to the Star Wars News Podcast. I'm Dan Vedemacher. And I'm Kenton Larson. Very excited today to have for the second time on the podcast uh, Lucasfilm creative executive Pablo Hidalgo. Pablo, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a thrill to have you on again. We love we love it when you visit us on the podcast. You know, once every few years. <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah, well, just like the old Star Wars, right? once every three years. That's really we'll plenty. Just, we'll yeah. just keep yeah. that going. So you'll yeah. be back in three years for the sure. for the return of Pablo. And this year, this year you're here for uh, Dan Quest, as we call it, that's but right. Fan Quest is what everyone else calls it. And uh, we're getting you at the very end of a weekend of sitting at a booth, signing solo books, mm-hmm. and doing a couple presentations. I saw the solo presentation, and it was awesome. Oh, thank you. But uh, maybe we're strategically doing this because it's a, yeah, you're tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> My guard is down. His guard's down. So uh, so it's a, it could, the timing couldn't be better. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, how has the weekend been for you? Oh, it's been great. Um, this is this is my first fan quest, and. Um, it's. I love the the smaller homegrown shows. I mean, I, I've done both extremes. I've gone to San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con, which are enormous shows, but they're almost too big, and it, you kind of lose sight of what this means to individuals and communities, and you just get a stronger sense of creativity at a show like this. and And it's been really great to see the evolution in Winnipeg because I was I was I mentioned this a couple of times over the weekend. Twenty years ago, more I hate to say, when you <laughs> would go to a comic book show in Winnipeg, it would just be a bunch of guys uh, hauling their old long boxes out of storage and selling to each other. Um, you know, there was there was no outlet of creativity. You know, it was it was collectors selling to collectors. Uh, but now that's completely changed. And here you come to see people selling their own comics, their own stories and their own creations. And and that's really inspiring. It's great to see. I saw today that you uh, you tweeted a picture of one of our local Mercs, Mandalorian Mercs, had a Sabine oh, helmet. Yes. Okay. And you, you sent that photo to the uh, the actress who voices Sabine. Is that right? That's right. Yes. I, 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 this uh, amazing young Mando named Emily, she showed me her helmet that she did of uh, Sabine's helmet and her paint job. And I thought it was wonderful. And I thought, you know what? I want to send this to Tia Sarkar. So I, I tweeted it to her. And and Tia said, like, OMG, she loved it. <laughs> and uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, chimed in with a Damn. Yeah, I so, saw that you know. too. There you go. So I made sure to show Emily that as well. I'm so, so jealous. Well, what would I have to do to make him say damn? You got to you have to make a helmet and make there something. You no, know, we've got right. some great. We have, uh, of course, have the 501st here in the Mandal- local Mandalorian Mercs, and they're having a great time. We did, we we I don't want to say use them, but they participated, <laughs> yes. uh, voluntarily participated in our award ceremony for you yesterday. Uh, where the college oh. here, where we're at, Red River College, of which you are a graduate, mm-hmm. uh, gave you a distinguished graduate award. And so we had those guys kind of parade in. And uh, I wasn't sitting next to you, but Christine, our, our uh, vice president, said that you said you had to stand up. Of course. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I had to. I mean, there's a pageantry in the room, right? You know, and I, and I wanted to show, like, support for that. So yeah. it's like the color guard comes in. It's like, well, no, you know, it's they are they are our flag when it comes to the Star Wars community. Because uh, they symbolize so much of what this means to people, so I just felt the need to to, to show respect. Yes, and everybody everybody did, and it, it turned out to be a really good a ceremony. And you said some very inspiring words during it. Uh, it really, I think, um, what I've seen over the weekend here is that 
obviously people love that you're from here mm-hmm. and yeah. and you make it possible for them to do what they want to do like that's really what it's all about right you want every anybody can do what you do not everybody but sorry that came out wrong what i'm trying to say is if you want to pursue your fandom as a career that's absolutely possible yeah it's you know i've, I've seen different attitudes over the years and and there's like a million reasons that you can invent not to do something, but you're just putting barriers in your way that you don't need to, you know. And um, and I've heard it many times said, like it's you know, geography doesn't matter anymore. That Winnipeg uh, is no more far away from from San Francisco than Los Angeles nowadays. You know, there's uh, distance should not be a barrier. Oh, well said. And by the way, Dan, you gave Pablo, I believe it was you, a, a Winnipeg Jets jersey with an X-Wing fighter yeah, with a Jet. <laughs> Where does somebody buy that? Well, it's, a, it's funny you should ask that. Uh, are they on sale? Yeah, they, well, they are, but we're not apparently not allowed. Although, oh. Pablo, uh, we're not <laughs> You gave him to... a copyright infringement sweater is what yeah, you gave him. Yeah, that's them. right. He, we're not selling them, okay? Uh, Here's what you do. You I'm donate not hearing to... a word. I'm not hearing a <laughs> word. No, no, no. You, you donate to Winnipeg Harvest, and, and in gratitude for your donation to Winnipeg Harvest, you receive a jersey. Gotcha. That's how that works. That's so, pretty win-win so. to my book. <laughs> exactly everybody wins and so what it is it's a design uh greg uh Visevich, i can't pronounce his last name but he's been helping us out here this weekend uh, moderating panels and stuff and he designed that logo and he put it together and uh and pablo's been very nice about it because the creek in me the minute i pulled that thing out of the bag it's supposed to say rogue one obviously because it's uh-huh. Rogue One. there was a typo was so, it rouge no it's oh. no that would be worse it says rogue 10 oh <laughs> So that's okay. No, well, I, but honestly, I, I didn't think it was a mistake because I assumed it was Howard Chuck's number. I thought that's what you were doing. I thought you were oh. giving me a, a, a rogue <laughs> X-Wing Jets jersey with Howard Chuck's number. I'm like, hey, that's great. It worked out perfectly. Yeah. Uh, is there a rogue 10 in the in the, in the speeder? Works? No, no, no. In the, in the original, like, rogue squadron was yes, the speeder are. squadron. Oh, was, yep. Uh, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, General Riken gives the order to send rogue 10 and 11 to station 3-8. Wow. So we know there's a Rogue Ten. There you go. Oh, then the, the, maybe the jersey's just right. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. the deepest cut. Yeah. And how about related to this, you met the mayor. That's right. What? How, what? How, why, why did you meet the mayor? Uh, what happened? It was a complete surprise. What? I got an email from the office. Well, actually, it came from, from Red River, but they yeah. were passing along the message from the offices of the mayor that he would like to meet with me. That's crazy. I know. That's great. <laughs> I was I was really happy to see those pictures, so, but I was like, "What happened? What did he want?" You know, I, I instantly looked him up because I, you know, for it, it should come as no surprises. I haven't been following Winnipeg politics all that closely, yeah. but um, <laughs> I, I looked him up and I said, "Wow, he's a pretty young guy. He's almost, you know, yeah. he's, he's a little bit older than I am, just by a few years." And then at the end of his bio, I saw that he has a dog named Indiana. I'm like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> We might is that be true. Yes, his dog's name is Indiana, so we might be dealing with a fan here. That's what I thought. So, and um, he is an absolute Star Wars fan. I've seen him wearing Star Wars socks at events, yeah, and, and yeah. he is. And it, I, I got a sense from that he he genuinely does care about Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and and obviously he cares about the city. So it's like uh, he just wanted to talk to me about what it was like to uh, you know um, make the journey from Winnipeg to to Lucasfilm, and wow. uh, it's a really nice guy. Did he press you for spoilers? Did he press you to, to <laughs> tell him anything, or was he was he respectful of that? No, he, he did he did not press me on anything. He did not offer up any sort of civic favors for me because there's, there's not much, you know. Did so, he present you with anything? Did you get? Some? I did get some gifts. Did I, I you did get some lovely gifts? Uh, I got a, a a nice Winnipeg fleece jacket, which actually fits really well in San Francisco weather, so that's nice. And Good. I got a pair of socks that say you know Winnipeg uh, on it, so. Uh, 
and I will wear them proudly. Oh, is that ever nice? Yeah. That's excellent. Dan, sorry, Since the last time you were here, Pablo, uh, it's been three years. And a lot has happened in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. it, uh, you were here. You were here just like a month or two before the Force Awakens was released. That's right. Remember? Yeah. What? How has your life changed in those years? <laughs> Think about back then, oh, and what's what is it like now? Is it, or was it always busy? No, and you know, it's always busy. It's just now other people are talking about it. It's <laughs> it just being an internal thing. I can't believe how much has happened in that span of time because, like. When you think about it, that's four feature films yeah. and an animated series that ran for four seasons that we managed to take from beginning to end. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that should be enough to retire on. No kidding. That's, that's almost that's more than they had out in the previous 20 years. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it just it's just going to keep on going. So um, it, it, it is such a steady pace that it's so easy to lose track of time. You just kind of look up and next thing you know, four years have passed. You know? Wow. Uh, and, but that's what keeps it exciting. That's what keeps it interesting. And, and we've I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, fantastic filmmakers and creative people that, uh, you know, I would never have dreamed that I'd have the ability to, to meet and talk to. And the other thing, too, is like, so, you know, percolating in the background, and it's going to come next year, is the theme park edition. Star Wars Land, the Galaxy's Edge is coming to both uh, uh, Orlando and Anaheim. And, and the idea that, you know, looking back over, you know, more than four years, that was just conversation at one point and now there's a sense of permanence because there's actually steel and concrete <laughs> that's going to come out of this right did that come up as soon as disney bought lucasfilm people started thinking about that i think so i think like it was the natural transition it's like oh this has got to happen absolutely yeah. my my we're planning a trip to disneyland this summer and i'm just trying to convince people to let's let's just wait till next year <laughs> although then we're gonna have to go back next year so I'm, sure I'm okay with go. that yeah but yeah no i'm very excited to see that and that's really a whole other thing you were consulting on this on the uh yeah i i mean there are uh, as a whole team we consult and, and a couple of other people in the story group take more of an active day-to-day -day role in it but I was involved in some of the very early discussions and I'm still continuing to be involved mm -hmm. uh, and it's just fascinating to watch it come through because if ever there were disciplines that I never thought I would get a chance to witness in action is the kind of ingenuity and, and just sheer genius that goes into building these attractions. Uh, I was going to um, quick follow up is Rogue 10 going to be part of Disney World? <laughs> Okay, all jokes aside, sure. I was actually going to ask you, Dan kind of went to a place that the very first thing that I wrote down when I thought about talking to you was pre-episode seven to now. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you now know about Star Wars or what have you learned about Star Wars in the time in those years in anything? Take it however you want in terms of fandom, in terms of the brand, in terms of your own knowledge. Uh, what's changed for you in that time? Uh, you know, it's it's all been so steady. It's hard to like we're still in the thick of it so it's hard to to step back and say oh these are the lessons learned from this adventure you know yeah. um i do think we're we are still learning what it means to have star wars be an active part of everybody everybody's life and the level that it is to this day and whether certain people what that means to folks who are so used to uh only getting it in dribs and drabs over the past 40 years. And what it means to a, a new generation for Star Wars to be their Star Wars, for seeing uh, kids and other young people latch on to Sabine and, and, and Ezra and Kanan as their heroes. Um, and I'm hoping that you know the next uh, animated content that is geared towards a younger audience will also create this new generation. So it's been absolutely uh, amazing. What I do miss is we haven't had a celebration in a while, and we're having oh. one in next year. So those tends to be the, the really good check-ins to get a sense of uh, what the world is like in terms of the Star Wars fan world and what people are reacting to. So <laughs> and that'll I'm, be fun. I'm is excited because it's, it's close to us. It's in right, Chicago. Chicago yeah. So we're going. 
Oh God, we're going. I love, There's no way. I love Chicago without well, celebration. You put celebration there. But it's I was too telling much. when they announced, it, I told Kenton they're never going to get closer to us than Chicago. <laughs> they're not going to do Minneapolis. And then this I said, is... but then I said to Dan, No, Dan, Pablo is from Winnipeg. <laughs> That's what I said to him. Right. And, and and that means that when would Winnipeg be on the list? Well, you know what's funny is like we now have venue spaces that could accommodate it, right? Because I've been seeing what's been happening in downtown and and yeah. the, and the and the revitalization. Of of uh, of spaces and accompanying hotels, those are like the big yeah. factors that go into selecting a place for a Star sure. Wars event of that size. Is is it affordable to 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 get its audience into the hotel spaces required? And it's like, hmm, uh, I I do <laughs> want to see a a, a a Canadian Star Wars celebration. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I yes. think that would be amazing. Like Toronto, Toronto, or or Vancouver, Montreal, one of the bigger cities. That would be phenomenal. Or even yeah. Winnipeg. Or I even mean, Winnipeg. I, I'm uh-huh. saying, got to remember when the celebration started. It started in Denver and it started yeah. in Indianapolis. And a big factor in those placements was its accessibility yeah. to uh, cities nearby. These sort of hub locations. Uh, so I wouldn't rule anything out. I thought it was uh, quite funny when uh, you know we we were been tweeting and and you've been reading tweeting us and talking a little bit on Twitter about this event and FanQuest, and I remember seeing somebody tweet out. Uh, Come out to the Midwest and, and and do one of those things in Midwest. And I'm like, we are the Midwest. We're, how can you get more mid than than Winnipeg and West? Gateway to the West. Exactly. Yeah, We're yeah. right in the middle. Heart of the continent is our new slogan. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting how they kind of, you know, define where they are and, and that kind of thing. It, well, it's true. Like uh, a celebration location announcement tends to uh, draw out a lot of reaction, and the reaction is always, "Well, why isn't it in my backyard?" Right. Uh, but that's a good problem. But now it is. It is in our backyard, <laughs> and we're happy. We're thrilled that it's in our backyard. So yeah, very excited about that for next year. Yeah. And so, do you? Do, when you just said you you're always interested in what the fandom has to say when you go to these places, are you surprised? By what people say to you generally, like I know th- uh, you tweeted something about people ask you some really good questions. Yeah, yeah. For instance, do do some of the questions uh, uh, surprise you in terms of make you think differently about things, or do they do they have any influence over the over how you perceive the Star Wars universe yourself? Well, I, I think that the difference is that. Uh in person, you're able to have more of a conversation about something as opposed to mm. throwing a question into the ether of the internet <laughs> and hoping that it's read the right way and hoping the answer reads the right way. The, we've had this thing at FanQuest uh, called Guest Quest where we've had broken up into smaller groups and just had you know, some like 20-minute conversations with small groups of fans, like six or seven people. And it's been really good. Like, I really like it because it's a lot more back and forth and you're able to be a lot more thoughtful with your responses. And it's that kind of interaction that I think is, is you know, it's sort of missing in your day-to-day fandom. Hmm. That, that was part of the idea behind that is, is just to kind of connect. The whole point of FanQuest is to create meaningful experiences for all who attend. That's kind of our mission statement. And we were hoping that GuestQuest does contribute to that mm-hmm. um so that, that i think i'm glad you liked it is there is there a question that somebody asked you that stands out to you that uh uh well that you liked it, or found interesting well you know i mean it's funny like a question did come up about midichlorians and i would never <laughs> attempt to like broach that subject <laughs> online because right. you know people don't have the patience to listen to a long and involved answer answer theory but like it ended up being an interesting discussion about force sensitivity what does it mean what is the biology of force sensitivity so uh, it's that kind of thing. It's like, hey, I'm glad we had this conversation. Well, that, and that's also particularly interesting, given George Lucas saying that he had a, a, something in mind in right, the would, micro universe would of go Star into Wars. That space, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that would we ever see something like that? Would would that? Well, I can't comment on what oh, may or may not happen. He can't but help it. He can't help asking these questions. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot. Well, okay. <laughs> 
but 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 it's interesting to me that George Lucas had an idea. Like I remember when you came here last time and you said George Lucas's idea for the prequels was different than what a lot of people thought Star Wars was. And right. what I found really interesting about him saying that was for the same reason. Yeah, I yeah. I like that George Lucas has different ideas oh, about totally. what Star Wars is. That, to me, that as a fan, it's exciting. I think the purest expression of that is his Clone Wars episodes yeah. that like went into some very very trippy spaces. And yeah, and I, I'm a big advocate of. I like it when Star Wars gets weird. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah it's too. really good. Yes, yeah. I agree. Me and, too. And There's always been room in Star Wars for yeah. for musical numbers. Yeah, for <laughs> musical like that, numbers yeah. or just weird visions in yeah. caves and stuff like that. I, I love all that. Now, your main job, of course, is working with the story group, correct? But you also write the visual guides. Yeah, so the visual – any any publication that I do is honestly a side gig. Okay. It's, it's kind of what I do in a freelance space right? Uh, and separate from my day-to-day job. But you also did a thing on Rogue One where you were on the set and doing these kind of reports yeah. and being a kind of a on-set reporter kind of – it, it reminded me of Krecom. It really did. Like yeah. this is the stuff we do, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, and I, I love seeing that. I love seeing the Krecom and you come out <laughs> yeah, in these things. I did yeah. uh, Rogue reports for Rogue, and I think they called it Behind the Scenes for Solo, <laughs> which I did not name, but I think it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, and again, it, would you say, like, is that part of my job? Well, not in any job description, but thankfully I don't have a job description, so I'm not boxed into anything I have to do or not do, right? Uh, in that case, it, it came about because um, we had a window to visit the set with a camera crew, and they thought um, rather than have to brief new on-air talent, I would be a better spokesperson for that because I already know all the players involved and uh, where the story was going and, and what areas to focus on and not. So it is definitely a perk of, of my job that I was allowed to do that. I'll refer back to the uh, the uh, award ceremony from yesterday, and you made a point, Pablo, of saying that you spell honor with an <laughs> O-U-R. <laughs> really? And, uh, yes. Well, he, but he doesn't. I've, I've seen like your writing, and you have to spell it the American way, I guess. Yes. In your uh, in your work, but I love that you still think about that. Of course, because I think about that every time I go to the U.S. I think about the way they spell center or center R E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just drives me nuts, well, and it's, I, it's so so blare, it's so obvious to me that that's not right. Yeah, and I was gonna also offer you a compliment, which I don't know, if, maybe it's Canadian of you, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's just your personality, <laughs> and that is, I like when you're on the Star Wars show. And you're kind of the cantankerous one, <laughs> not cantankerous, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm the grouchy neighbor. Well, you know, it's like you. It's like you show up. It's like I don't know. It's like uh, I'm trying to think of an example of someone who'd show up in entertainment tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. entertainment tonight, and someone comes on, and they're like, "No, nah, I'm going to keep it real here." There you go. So I like that. I like how you keep it real on the Star Wars show, well, and that to me is a Krecom attribute. Yeah, maybe? I think it could be. And and yeah. Rebels Recon, it's so funny. It's like people have latched on to like some of the bits that we do. It's like, oh, that must be that must be Pablo and. and Andy's working relationship. It's like, no, no, it's not. We're just goofing around every week in order to get that show done on time. <laughs> it's turned that I, I really enjoy that show actually, and and it's certainly uh, it's grown. I love the content you guys are producing around mm-hmm. the production. You know, um, is that like something you you would plan out from the beginning, or when you all this all came together, or is that just kind of something came up with the idea and you said let's do it? No, that just came about from uh, our online group uh, headed up by Mickey Capaferi and uh, and produced by Scott Bromley, and they they realize that um, you know. Uh, a weekly generated a weekly show is a, a source of great content and uh, our fan community does it as well why not why don't we do it as you know why doesn't Lucasfilm do it since we have access 
to the folks who actually make the show. So uh, they they endeavored to create Rebels Recon as a as a weekly companion, and they delivered. Speaking of of uh, fan generated content, this podcast is one of those. Mm-hmm. And when I look at our statistics for where people are listening from and, and that <laughs> kind of stuff, I notice a very high concentration of listenership in and around the San Francisco area. <laughs> huh. Is are there more Star Wars fans there than everywhere else? Because that's where it's made. I don't know. I hadn't noticed that. Um, I mean, we do have very much a strong presence there, and we have a very strong Rebel Legion and and 501st presence. Um, I think it might be, there might just be more podcast listenership in the Bay Area, just out of just Silicon Valley In general. Oh, okay. And commuters, you know. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, that's true. But no, if you look at our stats, like almost 50% of our U.S. traffic comes from that area, which is... I just thought it was interesting. Like, well, maybe people just gravitate. It's like the Holy Grail. You gravitate towards <laughs> where they all like sit in front of the Yoda statue and, and uh, worship the. I just the thought idol. it was Pablo downloading and then deleting it. <laughs> downloading and then deleting it's you, it. isn't it? Oh, you're listening to our <laughs> podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, Pablo, yesterday you did an incredible solo presentation, oh, and we you. don't want to step on the great information in that presentation, <laughs> should you deliver it sure. at other places you go. But there was so much great stuff in that presentation. There was Easter eggs about what appears in solo. I love how hard you think about <laughs> some, like, some of the fine little details. Like It almost gives me shivers sometimes when you're – like there's a Canadian reference yes, in there. A, I don't mind giving that one, out, that one up because the only place I would <laughs> ever do that in a presentation is in a room full of Canadians, and so yeah. FanQuest has that, you know, has has that, and I, I'm not I'm not going to play that anywhere else. So. <laughs> I, I thought that was fantastic, and the room really liked yeah, that. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywhere else, it would take way too long to explain, but yeah. uh, I, I'll say it now, and whether or not you get it really depends on your Canadian education. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the the lodge where um, Lando and Han first play the Sabacc game um, is Fort Ipso. That's that's where that spaceport is called Fort Ipso. And um, I noticed as part of the backstory, I decided that uh, Van Dora did have a fur trade. And I established that the name Fort Ipso comes from the old Ipso Bay Trading Company. Oh, great. Which so, is a reference to the Hudson's Bay right, Trading Company. Which is way too long to explain to Americans why that's funny. <laughs> uh, but I'm only able to say that in a Winnipeg convention and without need of additional translation. Yeah, we all loved it. <laughs> um, and, one, and if I can highlight one other little detail that was very popular, and we don't need to spoil anything here, but you have the best explanation for the Kessel run oh yes that i that has ever <laughs> been described now i don't know do you want to do you not want to give that away i, I don't or? mind because okay. I, I once tweeted that image uh oh. but uh ages ago but yeah basically when we first started uh, solo pre-production and people were scratching their heads as to what the kessel run is and and how to visualize it i basically i basically did a screenshot of frogger and uh, replace the frog with the Millennium Falcon moving from point A to point B and, and, and emphasize that it's not about speed or it's not solely about speed. Parsecs are a unit of distant, distance and the more adventurous traveler takes the largest and boldest leaps through traffic, whereas the more cautious traveler takes a, a, a much more uh, stop and step approach to the Kessel Run, which is why they have to they rack up the mileage. Um, and sure enough, that, that made the explanation clear. That's great. So he's bragging about distance. Yes. Not speed. Yes. But that's fantastic. But that was not the intent of the original line. Well, that is arguable. Okay. Uh, because a parsec <laughs> is a unit of distance. It is. So you could argue that, um, 
you know, the, the you could argue that Han is misusing that terminology, or there's much more to the Kessel Run than meets the eye, or that George Lucas didn't just didn't know what a parsec was and just like the word. Also, quite a possibility. <laughs> too, and that's but... that's kind of a part of what you do is fill in the holes that are there. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, when when George is making these kind of things, he's not thinking of all the details. You do think of all the details, and you make it you flesh it out. And make it more real to people. I think is that accurate? I, I think a case would be made that that's a good definition. I mean, uh, a lot of it is is just grabbing onto these little crumbs and wondering if there's room for exploration, and also wondering if uh, how deeply you want to go into it because you don't want to steal anybody's other storytelling opportunity. Um, if someone had gone to the trouble of canonically defining the Kessel Run after the first Star Wars, they could have done it in a way that would have prevented Solo from being told because, um, you know, you've just robbed that opportunity by over-explaining it outside the context of a story. So I like the fact that we're able to keep certain things hidden and reveal them in a way that really does them justice. So we have not seen a Kessel Run on screen until we got to Solo, and we're able to keep it full of surprises. I love the, I love that scene. Yeah, it's it's my favorite scene in the film. I love it. Uh, well, that is second to the shower scene. Oh. <laughs> I, I was telling Pablo about that. Beer. I, know, I never thought I'd see that in a Star Wars film. Neither and did it, we. <laughs> no. Just, you mean it was shot, and then... It was shot in post... Surprise. It was, it was shot as... Uh, uh, it was shot during pickups. It was shot as a... As, uh, uh, reshoots like later late in production uh, to basically bridge Mimban to Vandor there was an early version of this moment in a, in a script that had Chewie basically taking a bath in a mountain lake which was never shot uh, so instead, the shower scene was written as a supplement. And for the longest time, you could have bet money as to whether or not it would have stayed in the movie because there were some of us thinking, well, that doesn't need to be explained. You could just imagine that he must have taken a bath at some point. Uh, but they doubled down and said, no, let's put it in there. It'll get a laugh. And I'm happy to hear it got a laugh at your screening. Oh, man, absolutely. Oh. People loved it. I, and I was just so delighted by it because that's that's <laughs> – that's something that hints at other possibilities, oh, totally. and, and there's all and and the joke is, but the joke lands yes, so solidly, <laughs> and it could not have like if it there's any little thing could yeah. have made it not land properly, but yeah, it really yeah. does. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a testament to everyone's commitment to make that joke work that it did work. So. Yes, absolutely, I, I, and actually, I would say just as a compliment to Solo in general, and I told you it's my favorite film of the new series. Oh, I right. like all of them, but that to me is. The one that made me go, oh, I'm oh, that's great 12 years old again. Yeah. And oh, my God, this is like I'm right back into it. But the jokes, I think, are a big reason why. Mm -hmm. I love that sense of humor in that movie. When uh, kind of getting back to the fandom a little bit, when you guys made the decision to kind of, I don't want to say wipe the slate clean, because the, the, the thing, the extended universe as it was known, as far as I'm concerned, it was never canon as far, like I only thought of the films that, that were yeah. made, right? And that's kind of the idea behind why you guys did that? Yeah, well, it didn't fit George's definition of what he viewed as his Star Wars yes. universe. Uh, it, that said, I mean, he he appreciated it as a source of idea and, and creativity. Uh, but, the you know, a lot of people like to attribute that decision to, um, you know, treat the expanded universe as legends. They like to attribute that to Disney, but in reality, that decision was made before the acquisition. That decision was made by Lucasfilm. The second episode seven was a possibility. Okay, and but the but you you still can pull from those stories. Oh, absolutely. You, you made Thrawn. Yeah, you made yeah. Thrawn a real character. You know what I mean? And brought him to life on Rebels, and that was incredible. And so you have this, still have all this wealth. And the other one, sorry, the other one I remember was the t series of tweets that Ryan Johnson sent out when uh, it was that book on the shelf. Do you oh, remember the, that? Yes, the Jedi Path. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and talking about the uh, 
was it? Oh, what was the? You probably know what it was called. What Luke does at the end yeah, of the, the last Jedi. Basically, that that force illusion trick that he pulls right. off at the end, and yeah. something that he did. And you maybe it was you that pointed out he did it in uh, in Dark Empire as well. Yeah. Yeah, he so did, there you go. Yeah. So this stuff exists. Yeah. And you're pulling from it to create new stories. Exactly. So it's not gone and forgotten. No, no. And, and if anything, it's like it's almost like a first draft of history. And now we're, we're finding out what the truth is behind certain matters because we're able to give it the emphasis as needed and play it in a play it in a forum that hits a wider audience and, and are able to treat it in a certain way. Does working for Star Wars uh, affect your enjoyment of the movie's of the Star Wars movies. No, Can you still enjoy them? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And always because I have a proxy of some sort uh, that is coming into it new, whether it be seeing a movie for the first time with my wife who has not been privy to all the stuff that's going in, or just seeing a premiere audience uh, see a Star Wars movie and see what they react to. So I'm able to sort of extrapolate what it would be like if I saw it for the first time. Uh, but keep in mind, like, I do get that first look. That first look just isn't as a finished film. That first look is as an idea on paper or, you know... A concept that's tossed up in a story meeting, or an animatic, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, you see it in all these different ways. When you when you go to the premiere, are you seeing the completed project for the first time? That's usually where I see it with the finished sound mix and everything. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I will have seen iterations of it, but I don't get the finished version. So you, re- uh, you really are experiencing the film uh, in its entirety. Yeah. With everybody else. Speaking of premieres, I want to talk about the uh, <laughs> the. I love it. I love it. And this came up because uh, I told all the. Wherever you went to do interviews this week for uh, your appearance at FanQuest and the award, I told all the interviewers about his uh, – uh, Pablo's a great uh, hockey fan. Uh, is it you and Dave Filoni are the two big hockey fans in the in the office? Oh, there or? are more, but yeah. we definitely talk about it, uh, especially during playoffs. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, of course, we know the Winnipeg Jets had a great playoff run this year. They yeah. made it to the conference final. Uh, the city was a buzz and very excited uh, during this. And uh, during Game 7 against Nashville, uh, it was the same night as a solo premiere. Yeah. And somebody uh, shot a video of you outside on the red carpet, just watching the game on your phone. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that was my buddy Ash Cross, and she uh, writes for uh, Entertainment uh, Tonight. And uh, uh, and yeah, she caught me watching the game. But, the, but that just shows how much of a again, you're a Winnipegger, right? Yeah. That's any Winnipegger would have been doing that. Well, because I was gonna, I was not gonna see the end of the game. Uh, I had to shut it off because we were going to watch the movie. So I had no idea how it was going to go. Uh, so any sort of uh, edge or advantage the Jets had going into it put my mind at ease and yes. I would be able to concentrate on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, they won the series, but then they then they lost to Vegas in the next round. So They won that night, though. So when I was able yes. to leave the movie, I was like, I turned my phone on instantly, just like, okay, what's what's the score? What's the score? So, yeah. And, of course, Excellent. Dave is the first, Dave Filoni is the first person that I run into afterwards because he was very he was very supportive. Because uh, he knew that this was, you know, the best the Jets had ever done in, in this kind of playoff situation, and so uh, he knows what that means. <laughs> and he's sorry. Well, who's his team? Uh, Pits- the Penguins. P- Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they did. Uh, did they do? Were they in the playoffs this year? Uh, briefly. Briefly. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't following. I was <laughs> yeah. following Winnipeg. I wasn't following the rest no, of no, it. No, so. no, no. He, but yeah. so like it's it's weird because he knows what it's like. And and when they when they were out, he felt a sense of relief of not having to live on the edge like that. Yes. So. <laughs> it's both stressful and and uh, in a positive and negative way. Absolutely. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I uh, asked you uh, a question framed as a joke yesterday, but I think there's a, there was a good lesson for all Star Wars fans in your answer. Are you gonna answer and it then, again? Well, no, no, I'm not gonna ask it again. But what I'll say is I framed it as a question about Solo, which was really asking Pablo to weigh in on whether there's gonna be an Obi Wan or right. a Boba Fett movie. But you had a very good. 
I think sometimes, and maybe Star Wars podcasters might be the worst offenders <laughs> here. So what, what, how do you respond to people who are trying to squeeze details? Well, in general, the- like my, my attitude is like, um, I'm, I'm happy to talk about stuff that's in the past, but when it comes to stuff that's coming out in the future, I, I really can't talk about it. I mean, and I think as all, all of us as being like pre-com students, folks in communications who have taken marketing and all that, we know that the release of this information is usually tied to campaigns and things and, and exclusives and other news outlets or promises sort of things. So it's not my place to talk about it, you know. But once it's out in the world, hey, I'm more than happy to talk about my, it. Why would, my thing is, why do you want to know about it? Wait for the movie to come out. <laughs> because you know what Pablo I mean? knows and he's only here every no, three years. <laughs> wait, oh, but come on. Like, I honestly, I I, uh, I mean, we have fun on this podcast speculating about yeah, possibilities sure, and sure. stuff, but we always preface it by saying, hey, this is just us having fun. Yeah. Um, no, that, I, I totally get that, and, and were I not in the position I am right now, I'd love to join into speculation, but the yeah. problem is it's too easy to put too much importance on my words yes. or, or, or or take a joke out of context. You're and, like the Pope. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> of but, Star Wars. But, uh, yeah, that'd be an interesting title. But um, <laughs> The Star Wars Pontifex. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, you know, it's just like you got to be careful with your words because what is obviously a joke to some is not to others. I've seen, I right. saw, I saw you tweeting about that re- uh, recently, where you're like, it's, you got to put a disclaimer saying this is not about, about Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, it's like I, I was like referencing something completely unrelated, and people are like, oh, what, is the, what does this mean for Star Wars? It's like, no, this has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> and you do go home at the end of the day. Yes, I do. <laughs> and an unannounced film, it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Like we, right. if, if we've not announced it, we can't really update you on the status. Right, and you. <laughs> reminded me yesterday a Hollywood Reporter article which I thought was an official announcement was not an official announcement I think that's a good lesson for all Star Wars fans <laughs> to have because I think we get ahead of ourselves with excitement Yeah. and yesterday you said the perfect thing that gave me goosebumps and that is in terms of what's not been announced there's lots in the works yes that's right and that's all any Star Wars fan should be happy with yeah. because yes. that's super exciting exactly having it's, that it's we've we've got yeah. our plate very much full and it's just it has to reach a certain point of development where we're able to make an announcement regarding it. Excellent. Pablo, thank you so much for being on the podcast. My yeah, pleasure. Thank My you. pleasure. Uh, it's always great. And thank you so much for coming to FanQuest. You were a big hit. Everyone loved to talk to you, and I hope you had a great time. I had a great time. I look forward to coming back. There you go. That's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars News Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you in the ass. That's no move. No, I am the Four two one, you come. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power. <laughs>